I'm Dr. Greg Winteregg, CEO of the Private Dentist Alliance. I want to talk to all of you students out there today who are wondering what your future is going to be like as a career in dentistry, as an assistant, as a hygienist, as a dentist, where is this profession going with the rapid increase of the DSO movement? I'm here to tell you the PDA is going to help you and I want you to become a member today. It is free. Now, why should you become a member? You're gonna get weekly video updates from me and you're gonna get regular updates of our newsletters from the Alliance on exactly what is happening and how we are going to help preserve and protect the private practice of dentistry. Now, to me, the most important advantage is you are going to get access to our job board. What is that? Our private practicing members all have access to our PDA job board, which means if they have an opening in their private practice of assistant, hygienist, doctor, front office staff, they're going to be able to post it. And you're gonna be able to check up regularly. And as our membership grows, we're gonna be covering larger and larger territories across the United States. If you are looking for a job in any position in the office of a private practice, you need to become a student member today. It is free. Go to www.privatedental.org and become a student member today. You're gonna to love your benefits. Do it now. It's your boy Matt Havis back at it with the Dental Student Vibes podcast. And today we have part two of our awesome oral surgery interview with Dr. Eric Holmgren. Today we switched up a little bit. We sit down and talk to him about all things private practice, oral surgery, how it differs from general dentistry in private practice, and what you can expect when you go into private practice oral surgery. This was a really cool interview because we have never really had any sort of oral surgeon type um, material focus. So tune in, listen to it. He gives great feedback on all things student loans, how it's changing, where loans are increasing and everything. So you guys really, really want to listen to this. We love talking to him. We hope you guys enjoy it. Follow us on Instagram at dental.student.vibes and give us a like, comment, review, whatever you guys want to hear, let us know and we'll find somebody to talk about it. So as always, stay safe and vibe on. So you also said, um get a ton of experience beforehand. So what are your thoughts on doing mission trips and just sort of those uh, big surgery-based trips, I guess? Yeah, I mean, I did, um, I, I love mission trips. I did, my, I went to Kenya and a couple years ago um, and I then I recently, last, about a year ago, I went to Guatemala um, and I, Set up. This this is an ad hoc thing. I just um, brought some instruments to my office and went with a primary care physician, and we put a, three chairs in a clinic, and I just numbed people up and took out teeth, um, no drill or anything like that. And um, so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of hey, helping people with extractions and volume, and so long as you have someone there to bail you out, um, that's huge. Yeah. So I would you know, big surgery, you're just gonna wash. You're not gonna get a lot of, but if you're there to sort of give blocks and maybe do some basic dentistry and a lot of extractions. Um, that's super helpful. Okay, cool. Um, awesome. Um, so I just want to wrap up this segment about uh, your oral surgery residency. Um, is there any tips for, so we talked about getting into the residency. How about before uh, moving on into practice? 
Yeah, so as you're going through residency, you're starting to get a flavor for what you like to do, just like when you're in dentistry, you know what you like to do. Mm -hmm. Gosh, am I ortho? Am I generalist? Am I, you know? Um, and, and, and for me, like I really enjoyed, um, uh, I don't know, I guess I enjoyed all oral surgery, but I really had a, had a, a, a a liking for you know the academic uh, hospital environment. There's something about the uh, the discipline of of that environment which resonated with me. Um, so I think as you're as you're starting to go through things, um, you'll kind of take three forks in the road. Am I a private practice person? Am I a fellowship kind of guy who's wants to do you know a fellowship in craniofacial or head and neck and be you know like doing major big cases mm -hmm. or am i sort of an academic guy who wants to just jump right into you know being in a teaching center and you know, teaching residents and, and doing tertiary care um so i think those are really your only three options and um that's something that you you will figure out as you're going along um and again it's like can you not wait to get in the OR and do that six hour case? Are you just like dying for that? Or are you like, God, I can't wait to get out at five so I can, you know, go golfing, <laughs> you know? And I just love dental alveolar surgery and the, and the efficiency of it and the money of it. And so, um, you know, you'll figure that out. Or do I want to, do I want both? And it turns out I, I was kind of the guy that I couldn't figure it out. I wanted all three. Um, and then, so graduating for me, I had some academic offers and I highly considered that, but then I had these two little baby girls and I was like, Oh, and I had all this debt. And, and then we were kind of stuck out in Portland. I'm like, all right, I'll just go back to the East coast where my wife kind of grew up and, and I had some job offers. I'm like, Oh, let's just go into private practice for a couple of years and make some money and get used to it. And then I blink and 14 years have gone, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so, um, hence my transitioning into, you know, academic practice now to sort of scratch that itch, you know, so I, that never went away. Got family it. life takes over okay great so that's everything for residency now big question what's it like for the oral surgeon entering into private practice what how, what are the biggest changes um did you how, what was your journey through that did you become an associate first or did you own or how did how did that all work yeah so i um became an associate uh i just got a you know, a job offer. And um, what attracted to me was we were wanting to grow the practice and start a new office. So I like the the idea of, of, you know, growing something and being part of that, as opposed to just being in one office with a bunch of guys and gals or just figuring it out. Um, I like the idea of some progress and growing um, and filling a need. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't, wasn't really attracted to going to say, Hey, let's go back to San Diego and practice with, you know, 5,000 other oral surgeons and fight and compete. And I wanted to go somewhere where my services were needed and I, and I could just work right away and take, you know, help a community. Right. Um, and so I think that was important. And so I didn't associate for a year and then there's a, you know, I did a buy-in process, which was, you know, talking to a bunch of other oral surgeons was I think, pretty fair and, and kind of routine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're going through all this and you're just starting out, what, so just in general, what is your goal setting process? Do you have a, a process for setting goals? Oh, I wish I did. I'm a little bit messy on that. I think um, mainly, I don't know, 
I have three girls now and my wife and we're just a real busy family. And so work and I come home and it's like, ah, crazy. And then I, I, I try to do something and I fall asleep. So I think that um, I mainly focused on my instinct of like, oh, I got to take care of this family. <laughs> I've got to get my finances in order. I've got to my happiness and, and my, my career goals are put on the side until I can get financially fit and right. make sure everyone's taken care of. And so I was really good about setting financial goals and just getting that accomplished. Awesome. Um, so, so let me ask you more about that. Yeah. <laughs> because, um, do you, are you familiar with how much dental students are coming out of school with right now? Yeah. It's oh my gosh. Yeah. Wild. I, I'm coming out with four, between four and 500. That's it? <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> and, I, and no, uh, no residencies or anything yet. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I thought I thought like 250 was just wacky for me. But yeah, it's yeah. tough. And people still think it's only like 200. No. And I think that the students that are getting or entering into dental school either this year or just got accepted, whatever, they're going to have 600 like easy. That's so, And that's just for general dentistry. So um, tell me about your financial process and how did you go about paying back your student loans? Um. I, uh, well, okay. Um, so I think, uh, financial success and, um, is like winning a, a, a Super Bowl. I think that your, de your domestic partner, um, is important and, uh, one has to be an offensive player and one has to be a defensive player. But if you look back, all Super Bowl teams really win with good defense and so I'm, I'm lucky and grateful to have my wife as a huge defensive star. <laughs> so she's super frugal. Um, if it's over $30, you gotta let me know. Um, and we kind of, we kind of joke about that. It's our thing, you know, I mean, it's not like that, but so first of all, you're finding a domestic partner where you guys are, you know, you know, jive. Um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty good at make, I'm pretty good at offense. It's what I do. And I'm a little bit, I'm not very good at defense. So, Starting there, um, when you get out of dental school, um, live like a student, or if you get out of residency, live like a resident. I mean, don't get doctoritis um, and buy the, buy the McMansion with granite and stainless steel and, and lease the Tesla. Um, that'll come, man. That'll come. The other mantra to have is um, get to the point as quick as you can where you work because you... Uh, want to not because you have to honestly um practicing dentistry and medicine um is so sweet when you really just want to do it right and patients sense urgency they sense um desperation and i didn't you know interviewed employees who i know are down and out or, or people who want employment and they're down and out and you can just tell their desperation mm -hmm. and that, you, you can tell that um, patients can tell you that you're like Oh yeah, you need a you need a bridge, no implant. We got to do the bridge because I need that three thousand dollars. You know, I'm not going to send you a referral. And they know that. Oh, I need to do the extraction. I need the money. You know, like they sense that. So I think so by really living frugally um, before and getting your debt quick paid off as quick as you can. Mm -hmm. um, kind of cheesy, but I do. You know, Dave Ramsey's follow. You know, Dave Ramsey. Oh, yeah. Get some great baby steps. I mean, those are those are awesome. Say like, don't even go to dental school. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, you know, I mean, come on. No, you I gotta, what you're saying though. Yeah, you got to invest in yourself. But like afterwards, you know, just hammer it out. You know, 
um, and it'll come quick. And then as soon as you get to that point, it's sweet. And if it takes five years, whatever, then you're just going to be, then it's going to pile on and you're going to have a great foundation. Um, so, um, and I hope that was helpful. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, okay. Now we're moving past, uh, all that sort of stuff. We're going to head into more of the business aspect. Um, so when you are in an ownership position, this, I mean, this is a, the broadest question ever, but what is a, what is some business advice you would give to a newer dentist? Don't, um, um, don't leave when things get a little rough right away. Um, don't, you know, if you're struggling, you hate your, your partner or your employer, you hate your assistants and you hate coming into work. That's okay. You know, yeah. I, 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 something like today, I kind of hated it, you know, like we're, it ends up being work after a while, you know, and, and the, the sexiness of dentistry and treating patients and doing cool things sort of, wanes a little bit. Um, so I would say just wallow a little bit. Don't make any changes. The grass is always greener, but um, I think to be really financially successful, you sometimes have to just sort of sit down mm -hmm. <laughs> and just sort of, here I am, grow where you're planted, you know, um, try not to, you know, follow the wind and something's going to be better because it's never going to be better. Right. So just try to grow where you're planted. Um, where you're planted. Okay. I like that. I think that, um, so a lot of times you'll go, oh, this is so shit work. I get another, oh, this is, and you're just going to end up like moving and you're not going to be able to get your financially, your patient population. It takes, it takes about five years to really get a good referral base, mm -hmm. five years, you know, and, and now it's like, it's tough to leave that. Right. <laughs> it just takes time. Mm -hmm. So what's, what's um, the difference, would you say, practicing as a, an oral surgeon? versus practicing like what's the day-to-day -day more like uh the differences between practicing as an oral surgeon versus practicing as a general dentist um i think for me uh, there's uh you know really quick pace i we stand up the whole day <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't sit down um i think that you know i'm doing a lot of quick procedures um um, I'm not seeing patients back as much, although I do, I do love seeing the patients, I, you know, regularly. I do, I do miss that part of things. I like having relationships with some patients. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're a referral based. Um, so, you know, we're kind of dependent on, um, in referrals and, you know, we're somewhat emergency based since so we have to have patients for, you know, I had an emergency today. I'm like, Oh, I just want to go home, but all right, let's do it. Um, we got to do it. And so I think, uh, it's hard to, and you know, Fridays and Mondays are pretty busy for us because stuff happens over the weekend and before the weekend. So it's hard to take Fridays and Mondays off. Mm -hmm. Um, that's usually our busiest time. So I would say that that's, yeah, maybe a bigger difference. Maybe not. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Now let's talk about the fun stuff. Ringside physician. Tell me about that. Oh yeah. Let's talk. Yeah, I, that, that's gotta be one of the coolest photos I've seen. So tell me more yeah, about that. That was so, uh, so I, um, when I moved here to, uh, Western mass, um, a couple of my buddies were orthopedic surgeons and they did their sports medicine docs and, and, um, 
the athletic trainers at the local college would always, you know, call me and it's like, hey, you know, can you do this facial act on this lacrosse player or field hockey player? And so I just got my, my little doctor bag out and kept it at home because I was tired of going to the office and I would just, you know, suture them up in the training facility or at the college. And, and then the orthopedic guys were like, oh, I'm stuck. Can you go cover that hockey game? And I'm like, all right. And uh, so I've, I've been doing that the last 12, 14 years and um, doing a lot of sports medicine. And I got one situation where it was just the hockey game it was a playoff game. And it must have been like, I don't know, 2,000 people. There. It was pa- small, but it was packed. And then this one guy got jammed against the, um, the boards and he just totally passed out. And I was the only person there. And, and um, the athletic trainer was kind of waving over. And I just went on the ice and we had to take his helmet off and we had to do some like acute, I'm like, just assessment. He wasn't waking up and, and we called the ambulance and he woke up and, you know, just doing some like general triage. I'm like, God, I really like this stuff. I love sports. I love, it's different to watch sports when you're, when you're, when you're actually have to watch it with some acuity, like, okay, do I have to go on the ice or is athletic trainer going to call me? So you have to really watch with attentiveness. And I, I loved watching sports when I was actually involved, you know, I wasn't playing, but I was totally involved and felt responsible. Right. And I was like, wow, I really love this. And I just Googled um, sports medicine. And then I, I swear I was watching some TV show about a fighter who, who got, had his ear drained by a ringside physician. I'm like, what's a ringside physician? And it happened to be correlated with that. So I Googled a ringside physician. Then I came across, um, American Association of Ringside Physicians, AARP. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe it was different, but I'm like, okay. And then I clicked on it and I'm like, the president, I'm like I, I emailed him and I'm like, hey, I'm in Massachusetts or I'm a Mac surgeon and I don't want to do this. And he emailed me back right away. He's like, oh yeah, I'm down in uh, Brazil with a, you know, boxing, USA boxing. Yeah. Why don't you, why don't you give Lou a call? Here's his number. He's in Massachusetts. Why don't you go to a UFC or not a UFC, but an MMA bout with him and see if you like it. And I'm like, so I called Lou. <laughs> right. And um, I went and hooked up with Lou, who's an ER doc in, in Middle Mass. And I'm like, man, this is great. So I would just, I shouted him for a couple of bouts. And then the state hired me as a, the athletic commission hired me to be ringside physician. And there's about eight of us in the state. You know, there's all different specialties like ER, mm-hmm. neurologists, um, one plastic surgeon, one family doc, um, and I'm the only OMFS guy. And um, so they'll call us and, you know, I'll cover, I'll cover like amateur boxing that in a basement, it feels like I'm in a basement somewhere, you know, and then I'll, and then I'll get called up to go to the UFC at the garden, you know, and, wow, and do that's incredible. fights. Or I'll go do like MMA fights that are in a basketball gym at a high school with people who are out of shape and, so um that's i probably do that like eight times a year it's a weekend gig and um i just love it you know and especially when it's like on tv and stuff and and ufc it's really it's really awesome are you a bruins fan no well not really no i mean i i uh not a huge hockey fan but uh um i'm a celtics fan though the celtics okay yeah so what's um what are some of the things that you actually do is is this something that OMFS normally does or is it usually ER or? All you have to have is a med, well, you have to have a medical degree and a medical license. And so you're, you, there's really no, 
so I, I would do, you know, like I've put shoulders back in, I've sutured. Oh, like okay. Wax. And so you're, you're doing some kind of general medicine, you know, like if you have your medical degree, you can just do stuff, you know, like, I yeah. mean, you can just, you know, like, yeah, I can suture up an elbow or right. I can assess for someone who needs to go to the ER or, you know, evaluate concussion or spine injuries. And so, um, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, sphincter tone there when you're in the middle and I've gotten in some situations where guys aren't waking up in the middle of the ring or I've had to call off bouts and the, and the, and the fans are booing me. Wow. Um, yeah, there's one ESP and boxing night. It was the, it was the final, it was the, it was the, um, the, uh, the main, the main event and they stopped and the ref called me over and I had to talk to the guy and, and I said, okay, let him play. And then he got knocked out like one minute later. And then they were interviewing me. Why did you let him back in? I'm like, well, he looked good to me. And so there's a lot of little fun things with that. But I think one of the things that I like about it is um, I enjoy putting myself in uncomfortable positions um, and challenging myself. Mm -hmm. um, I feel, feel like I can do it, but I mean, you got to put yourself out there at times, you know? And, um, that was a, an avenue for me to sort of spark up my career and also just challenge myself a little bit. That's very cool. You're going to have to send me some of those photos. Do have you gotten any of this stuff on video of like the actual injuries that you've, I'm sure you have. Um, yeah. I, um, you know, I mainly have like, I got all these photos, the ones I sent you were of my mom watching pay-per-view and she takes texts the TV that, oh, I, there's, my, there's my son on TV. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so a lot of those photos were my mom like <laughs> texting me, um, but just me on TV, but I don't have any um, like gory things. Um, it's hard to take pictures when you're kind of like triaging it and cleaning <laughs> yeah, it up. Exactly. And like, oh, take a um, but I do have that. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. That's a great photo. We're, yeah, we're going to use that. Um, so you ever heard of uh, Bloody Tooth Guy? Yeah, I love, I like him. He's great. Yeah. yeah. He's great. So my assistant um, turned me on to him and so I, I follow him. He, he's cool. He Great pictures. Yeah. He's great at it. And then also he like, I didn't know, I don't know if he still uh, is keeping himself anonymous. Is he still doing that? I'm not sure. You know, I don't know. I saw like a like an IGTV thing with his face on there, and really, so I guess he released it all. And something about Long Island where he practices, I think. But you know, I haven't gone hardcore, really cared yeah. too much about that. But okay, well, hey, the the ringside physician that is such an incredible experience. I hope to do something like that someday. I don't have an MD. I don't know if I will. Maybe I will. We'll see. Yeah, but that's, that's yeah. I think. That's one advantage of an MD. If, if you choose oral surgery, you can actually kind of do some things with it. I mean, I don't really make any money at it really. It's just, it's one thing to do, but uh, yeah. yeah. So tell me about this coaching, this mentoring service that you are starting to get into here. Um, yeah. So um, the last uh, well, couple of years, you know, I was sort of, um, involved in coaching. One of the inaugural programs at Dartmouth Medical School was um, coaching, medical school coaching. And it's been something that's been very popular in medical schools where um, you take, uh, you know, physicians that are, are you know, have a position at the medical school, um, uh, like I do, and um, you get assigned, you, they train you to be a coach. And um, they're finding that, you know, having uh, med students assigned and to a mentor and a coach 
throughout their medical school is, you know, super beneficial from just wellness. And, and so basically there's a curriculum, you know, it's called on-doctoring and a coaching curriculum where we have small group sessions and mandatory one-on-one sessions. And there's just things students have to actually do as assignments to address their own wellness and setting goals. Um, And again, it was one of those like ringside moments where, okay, that sounds different. Let's just do it. And um, that was super hard and super uncomfortable just having like these students just look at you and go, okay, coach me, you know, like, um, so, but after a while, like, oh man, I would look forward to it. I loved that. And, you know, the, I think the, my, my coaches or my students got, a, you know, are getting a lot out of it. And I just like to talk to students who are in that, that place of life where um, they are trying to decide what they're doing and dealing with a lot of issues in terms of, can I do this? Am I an imposter? Um, what should I do? How do I navigate this? And, and it's not like I'm telling them what to do, but I just love, you know, helping them through that, discover that. And I just found, you know, real joy in that. Um, so one of my thoughts was, you know, my wife, you know, I would do some coaching sessions at home and she was like, you know, you really are good at this and you need to just do that more often. Cause I think you are more happy when you do that. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe, I'll just start this coaching service. And, and, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, put it together and throw it out there. And um, I, I would have loved to have that in dental school. So I'm kind of, you know, reaching out to any dental students or med students, or even like residents who are going through things, um, you know, just a sort of convenient way to just sort of talk and um, maybe get, get some help. Um, so I've started that and um, I'm going to see if it, you know, goes anywhere. And I hope it does take off. Absolutely. I just really, I just really enjoy it because I think everyone needs, I think everyone needs a coach um, and someone who's been through a lot too. you know, be able to just sort of talk and, and strategize together in a sort of um, an unbiased way. So. Right. I mean, you see the the most successful people in the world, they all still have coaches, right? So the website is wdlcoaching.com. So when students reach out to you, what can they uh, expect? How do they kind of sign up? They sign up through the website? Yeah, basically, um, it, there's just a, you know, it's, it's a pretty easy, you just kind of name, email, and then it takes you to a Calendly page where you can just click and sign up for a free, um, you know, coaching call and just talk about, hey, what's going on with your life? What do you, what do you need help with? And, and um, you know, are we, are we a good fit? And um, and you know, what it takes to, you know, get through what you're getting through. And so, um, it's pretty, pretty straightforward on the website. Awesome. Awesome. So Eric, Hey, listen, hour flew by like that. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. Nice. It's been, it's been great talking to you. Thank you for sharing all of your experiences. This is, uh, the first like real sit down I've had with an oral surgeon and be able to go through everything. So I really appreciate sharing everything with me. And then, of course, with all of our listeners. So yeah. I'm going to shoot this interview over to all my buddies that are about to do oral surgery. So nice. they're going to love it. So Nice. Well, yeah, I, you know, if anyone wants to reach out, they can, you know, to get a hold of me. And, um, yeah, I'm happy to. What, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah, I think um, if you go through the, 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 the website, but also um, at the Instagram at WDL Coaching, 
um, you, know, you can direct message me there. That's, that's easy too. Um, and so, yeah. And All right. That awesome. was really nice talking to you. You're good at this. <laughs> Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. All right. All right, guys, that'll do it for an interview with Dr. Eric Holmgren. He's an oral surgeon in Massachusetts. We hope you guys enjoyed this interview. It provided a fresh take on a different specialty we haven't normally talked about. So if you guys want to hear more about oral surgery, endo, whatever specialty you want to hear, if you're considering going into that realm of dentistry, let us know. We'll find somebody for it. Or if you guys have somebody in mind, shoot us that name and we'll reach out to them. As always, stay safe and vibe on.